0: You do Cut Small to get fresh crew. You review the folks, get shaved dirty looks. Now that wrong time to say poop, poop. Hello, and welcome to episode two seventy-nine of the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. This is a spotlight, and I will continue this week talking about some of the Digital first books, that's air quotes Going on there, next week though I will continue doing This spotlight each week Mostly the odd numbered Episodes will end up being me Talking a couple books as a Spotlight on the regular feed And next week though, the Comics are going to start coming out. New comics did come out this past week. Yeah, Daphne, Byrne, and The Dreaming. And really, do I have crickets here, people? Uh, But next week, you're going to get some bigger books. We're going to have Batman the Outsiders, Hawkman, Flash, things like that. And as each week goes, it seems more and more books will come out during a week. So I end up having a couple books that are coming out next week that Eric does not read, won't read. Can't force them to read. That would be Joker, Harley, Criminal Sanity number four and the Green Lantern season two, number three. And especially the Green Lantern season two, I have caught up on that with the Patreon catch-up shows. If you ever wanted to listen to those, they are available on the Patreon at patreon.com slash word science as well. As up to 80 shows a month we had last month, it was a, it was a banner banner month. It really was. But other than that, These books will be coming out, I think, starting next week. I would rather talk new books, new, bigger books, the actual books coming out than these digital firsts that are repurposed into this sort of digital first deal. Now, with that, let's talk a little about the digital first books again, like I did last week. These books are not great. I really want to stress the idea That they aren't great. Don't pretend that they are. They're not. These are little side stories that were thrown into a 100-page giant issues at Walmart. And they are there in the other 100 because they are not really that great to stand on their own. Now they're coming out digital first. Digital first. And they are 99 cents. So, yes, they're nice. They're something to have. And... At one point, I was going to say that these are, you know, they're digital first only in the way that, hey, if it's a rerun and the old crazy, you know, saying, if you haven't seen it, it's new to you. Well, then I started thinking about reruns, things with TV, and then realized what I think that these digital first are are actually like summer replacement shows. They're like reruns in the summer where you have the summer. Everybody's doing their thing. All the big shows, they shut down. So you have to wait till the fall for the next season to start. So, yeah, you have these little things there to, you know, tide you over until then. Maybe you find something. Maybe you find a gem. Maybe you find, you know, some sort of thing that, oh, man. And that's where the networks realize, you know, this is kind of a hit. Let's go and continue that. And maybe that could happen here. Maybe you do get a Robert Venditti who ends up getting a Superman book out of this to kind of compete with the nonsense that Bendis is doing. Right? How dare you? But all in all these are here as placeholders with the you know the benefit that they're very cheap also in the background you could think that dc has this ulterior motive let's get people used to getting digital. And that may be something that benefits them down the line, but I don't think that they are doing this for nefarious purposes. I don't think that they're doing any of this as, you know, who am I? We're going to get them and we're going to snare them in. I think they were desperate. They needed something to come out. This was the best of the worst situation that we have with the shutdown, with the COVID quarantine stuff. So they could put these things out there. It wasn't anything that was ever going to go to the regular comic shops, maybe down, down the line, kind of like the Batman universe by Bendis or the up in the sky, Superman book by Tom King. But you're not taking anything away from the comic stores. You're not taking anything away from people who only buy print. These are already available print at Walmart. If you want to seek them out, but if you can't get to Walmart, if you're somewhere, if you're in Europe, these sort of things, now they're available. They can type you over again. I don't think they're memorable. I don't think they're great. They are, and I'll probably say it a bunch of times, they're nice. And I'll put that in air quotes. Uh, And that's just, you know, my overall take. Now, obviously, individual issues are so. I'm going to have different opinions, but not really. But we're going to start with Batman Gotham Knights number two. And if you listen to the last episode that I did the spotlights on, I did like the first issue of batman gotham knights it was something a little different yes you ended up having it being repurposed from a pretty much a military a army you know that sort of book and it didn't quite fit in you know larry hammer's batwoman it story in that didn't really quite fit into what a batman you know gotham knights in my mind would be This is different, though. This is actually a one-shot story. It's by Michael Gray. And I I can only say that there was some rushing to get these out, uh, only because they spell Michael Gray's name wrong on the cover. His name is G-R-E-Y. They spell it G-R-A-Y. Yeah, that that means they were rushing this. And it it, it ends up, it's called Bad bad Actors. I'll, I'll go through the full you know, credits here. It's Bad Actors. It's Michael Gray's story with an E, Ryan Benjamin Pencils, Richard Friend Inks, Alex Sinclair on colors, and Troy Pateri on letters. And you have Clayface on the cover, right? There's Clayface. He's on the cover. It's called Bad Actors, then. So, you know, that kind of gives you a little Clayface feel. And so when you go into this, it, very quickly, you're going to get the point where you realize, okay, It's Clayface. The mystery of all this, it's Clayface. And while this is a very quick issue, you could read this issue real quick, I still ended up at a point tapping my foot like I was Sonic, where where you're not moving him, he's tapping his foot, I got my arms crossed, because let's just get to the Clayface. You you show us, Clayface, you're you're pointing to it. And it takes a while, and then once we get to Clayface, there's really not much of a story left. And by the end of this... I'll say it was nice enough. It's nice enough for ninety-nine cents. It's nice enough ninety-nine cents when nothing else is coming out, but it can't stand on its own. This is not something that anybody in my mind will ever sit there and think two years from now, you know what the best clayface story was? Was that digital first Gotham Knights number two? Oh my, that story really got me into Clayface. No, what you do is you start off. With a car chase. And the art, I will tell you, is ma. It's good. The art is very good. Ryan Benjamin does a really good job. And everybody on the art team does a really, really good job. You end up having a car chase, which from the first panel looks like the game Spy Hunter. It does. But you end up finding out it's Dylan Yates, film star. He's a, a film star of all those car chase blockbusters. And they don't say that it's Fast and Furious, but I wish they'd call it like Speedy and Angry. The Speedy and the Mad is what they call, even though that sounds like it's some sort of buddy cop thing. Hey Speedy, let's get moving. <laughs> you know what, mad, it's personal now, right? That's that's the dialogue. That's terrible, right? How dare so you? you have this actor, and I don't want to say that, you know, it's Paul Walker, because later we find out he gets handsy with the talent. Paul Walker was a gem. I don't want to do that. So he's going, he's pretty much wanted for murder. He's being chased down. Batman is on the scene, Batmobile comes crashing through Gotham like it's nobody's business. And again, Batman, he doesn't use a door. He goes through any window just to break it to make a scene. Well, he's doing basically that in the Batmobile. He he ends up going through. This poor guy's just driving his, you know, big rig. He's there. He's big rig butters. He might be hauling blood. I don't know what he's doing, but Batman just pretty much ruins his career by going through the... Semi-truck, but he ends up then finding and getting old Yates, Dylan Yates. He ends up getting him with the harpoon. There's talk about, yeah, you know, the car that he has, it's real souped up. I looked into it when I was making the Batmobile. I actually used the suspension, all that stuff, only just to get Dylan Yates so Batman can kick him in the face. Kick him in the face. And so you end up having Gordon show up, or Gordon actually signals up, and they're on the GCPD roof discussing the case, the Dylan Yates case. And what ended up happening is Dylan ended up going to, it seems like a benefit of some sort or whatnot, goes in and pretty much execution style, murders a big studio head. Now you get this, and the victim, the studio head, you don't even get into it much. And you know, you're just gonna go past that really quick. Oh, it was a studio head who ended up Trying to derail Dylan Yates' career when it first started. Batman thinks that's odd, thinking, well, he might have tried to derail it before, but murdering a guy now pretty much ends your career, and this guy has a pretty good career. That does not seem like it's much of a motive. At that point, you end up having Gordon say, Well, it's it's pretty much enough to get him in, you know, Blackgate. And yeah, I don't know. And in, in Gotham, he'll probably be out of Blackgate the next day. But it's like, oh, and there's also this, and there are surveillance cameras that picked up at the exact time Yates walking through Gotham Streets at you know, across Gotham. He was nowhere near that scene. So which is the real Dylan Yates? Why are there two? What's going on? Is there some way that somebody could possibly impersonate Dylan Yates? Clayface! <laughs> He's on the cover. You're like Okay, it's Clayface So then you go even more Oh, well you know what else is going on here That studio head had actually just sold a lot of his real estate properties One of them was the Gotham Grand Theater That almost got shut down a bunch of times It always would end up, you know, having a stay of execution at the last second And they wouldn't destroy it Well now it seems like the the Gotham Grand Theater is going to be destroyed And made into a parking lot as the old song goes. And then Batman thinks, huh... The Gotham Grand, I remember that that played the Metamorphosis. That's Clayface's movie. So, okay, Clayface. Well, then Batman disappears. You know, he does this whole disappearing act. uh, Yeah, okay, Batman, you know what's going on? I'm going to light my pipe and then, oh my, you disappeared as you always do. But as Gordon looks behind and sees Batman's not there, there is somebody else in the scene. A rookie police officer has walked up on the roof. I like the idea that... It seems like Gordon, like, what what are you doing up here? You're not allowed on the roof. Nobody's allowed on the roof but me. But, hey, you saw Batman do his disappearing act. It's kind of like being backstage at a magic show. Stay safe, kid. I also want to tell you, he does not seem to turn off the bat signal, but he ends up going away. Then you see this rookie cop who all of a sudden actually looks like Harvey Bullock had a stroke. But it's because half of his face is melding He says backstage It's Clayface Alright so here we go I, I should ding it every time I mean really We're at a point where you're just like Please just get on with it go, go get Clayface Batman goes over to the hotel The Hotel Aventine Where they ended up having that studio head get murdered He ends up going into the vacuum cleaner And takes a sample of the psychic mud Clayface And then realizes, oh, it must be Clayface. Well, I'll head over to the Gotham Grand Theater and see what's going on there. And when he gets there, a guy comes from backstage. It's Clayface. Batman knows it. He says, hey, Basil, I know that you have a problem. This is the theater that you used to love, used to have going on. Now, Clayface, in the meantime, they're going to start fighting. But Clayface pretty much says, okay, he ends up murdering the studio head. Who sold this theater? Not really the greatest thing. You know, what? Why would he do this? I know that he's mad about the theater, but at the end of this, he burns it down himself anyway. Clayface burns down the theater. So what gives but the other thing is Batman says well that solves that one kind of but why would you end up framing Dylan Yates what did he do to you now we're going to get a little over the line not over the line but a little bit really like roll your eyes deal well Dylan Yates he he. He gets handsy with the starlets. Everybody will then go to do something about this and try to, you know, try to help people instead. But Clayface, who seems to be the only one who will step up or do anything, whatever, he ends up framing Yates, which now we see it is isn't him. So at the end, I'm just wondering, like, is Batman going to go punch Yates again? Tell him if he touches anybody, because that ends up just being pushed aside. And that's where a lot of these stories, I don't think there's enough room. Uh, And also, they're just not uh, that great. So, you end up with a lot of loose ends. Like, why would Clayface burn the theater down in what appears to be suicide? Because this Batman and Clayface are fighting, explosions go off. Batman tries to escape by throwing grenades on a weak wall, blows up, blows Batman out as the whole theater comes down on Clayface. As they get the whole thing, the fire company comes in, they put out the fire, and right in the middle is a Hardened Clayface, and I do like the idea that I really wouldn't have thought of. Of the, it was like a kiln, he he is now just a big statue. And I expected Batman to go, All right, let's take this. We got another one of our trophies. This will go right next to the T Rex, it's gonna be great. And he goes up to it, he's like, Huh, and he knocks on the statue, and it's hollow. And he figures out, Okay, Clayface did not commit suicide, he actually sloughed off his outer layer of clay. Ended up escaping through a trap door And so we end with nothing With Batman just walking away Huh, you know Clayface, he thought that he was doing good But you know what they say Every villain is a hero of their own story <laughs> I would bet a villain said that And you're just like, really? Like, that's it? This is all? And And by the end It's 99 cents. I can't say it's not worth 99 cents, but I'm not rating these. I'm not reviewing these as, okay, well, this is 99 cents. That one's $7.99. That one's $2.50. I'm just going by the story, and it's not great. It's a very, very generic story that does not have the details it needs to be better it ends pretty much with no nothing being resolved. Lots of loose ends. Is this guy going to go off? This Dylan Yates, you know, is he in trouble over it? It just ends, and yeah, you and and also when it does end, when you do have Batman go over and realize, okay, Clayface escapes. It actually, in my mind, it throws it into your face and kind of it, Oh yeah, yeah, they're not going to be able to do much with these things. You, you can't end up having nonsense, even though these are. Kind of the out of continuity It's kind of a side continuity But these are also If you go with the idea These were in the Walmart Giants These are supposed to be things that get people Into the comics And also teach people What these characters are I don't think you really get much of Clayface here. You you end up just having it be a mystery that really isn't. And then when you get to it, they just fight and it ends and he disappears. So I would give this a 6 out of 10. That is pretty much 100% for art. Not 100%. It's okay. There's a couple things in here, but it's just pretty generic. I will never be thinking about this issue the minute that I'm done recording here, which is... Right about now. And I'm back with Aquaman Deep Dives number two, an issue called Sea Devils, story by Michael Gray. They get his name right on the cover. Aaron LaPresti on pencils, Matt Ryan on inks and hi-fi colors, Wes Abbott letters. It's obviously an Aquaman issue, and Aquaman finds what's even worse than Trash Island. What he finds is toxic waste. Mountain under the sea, it's said a bunch of times, but he has gone off to a section of the ocean that he says that, you know, with, with all the hashtag Atlantis problems, he doesn't get out and about that much, and he's kind of been asleep at the wheel. On his watch, he is allowed... A toxic waste dump to happen, and the fish are ending up being mutated. You end up having them just awful monstrosities, even though Aquaman senses something even bigger going on. He does try to, you know, talk to the fish or at least, you know, tell them to get away, but they are too far gone. They are not thinking or talking right at all, and as this goes on, you end up seeing... Some more toxic barrels uh, being dumped. And so this is either the best bit of a coincidence or the worst, depending on if you're Aquaman or these Russian guys who are dumping off this waste. Now, I said about the Michael Gray Batman issue just a bit ago The idea that the studio head, you really didn't dive into that. You didn't get uh, anything about this guy, though it wasn't really that important at the end. You were just pushing that story to get to Clayface. This story, you end up having these Russian guys who are dumping this toxic waste for some guy that they work for, and you don't get anything. With them. They are the bad guys here, but again, just like with the Clayface issue, you're using a very generic villain to get to what you really want to do is you really want to have the Sea Devils show up, the Sea Devils from the Aquaman deal, and Aquaman goes because the Sea Devils are now attacking, pretty much eco-terrorists, as Batman says everybody in the world thinks of them as, even though they look at themselves as aqua freedom fighters, but they're there, and they are shooting guns, you end up having a gun battle going on, you do get the Sea Devils underwater submarine that looks pretty badass, but if you're going to stress That you're not terrorists, then I don't think that you should be going around in something equipped with missiles and Gatling guns, things like that. You know, that might throw off some people when you say, oh, no, we're not terrorists. But they are there. And legitimately, these Russian guys, they're in the wrong. They are out there, they are dumping, dumping toxic waste. But just like the old actor who was getting handsy in the Gotham Knights issue, you end up having this like, all right, well, what's going on with these Russians? Because all you're doing is setting up that Aquaman is going to, hey, there, Sea Devils, you guys are pretty cool. Let's team up. Let's take down these Russians. Oh, no, we're now being attacked by what is that big thing that Aquaman sends, which is like a mutated monstrosity of an angler fish that has now come. This thing is humongous. It's a kaiju now. It's attacking. You know, you end up having Aquaman go down. You feel bad because it's not really the anglerfish's fault. In the meantime, it's eating the toxic waste. It's actually eating the barrels of it. They have to try to stop this because it is bringing down this Russian ship. You end up having the sea devils go and get these Russians and get them in the submarine. They're like, yeah, you know, they might be bad guys, but really they're just following orders and they don't want to die. So they came on to the Sea Devil ship. Let's go. And you end up having moments like this giant monstrosity kaiju fish ends up eating the Sea Devil submarine, but then they blast out, you know. The typical stuff like that as Aquaman also then swims through the fish to pretty much get it because it is a fish that goes in depth. That's why it ends up having the light. If you're, you know, familiar with the fish, but as it's coming up, they say, It's about to blow. It has a swim bladder. The swim bladder is ballooning. It's about to pop. Aquaman flies through. It does pop. Everything explodes. The submarine comes out. Everybody's happy. You have Aquaman shaking hands with the sea devil saying, you know what? I think that you guys should be part of my crew. And you're just like, Really? Like, that's it? Like, (laughs) what happened to the Russians? They're they're gonna go and they are. Going to get arrested and whatnot, but still, you just kind of end like, "Is that it?" And and when you end up having the C doubles, the only good part of this in my mind was the C double guy. Hey, uh, what are the benefits package? Well, you know what it is: diplomatic immunity. You get diplomatic immunity, is what you do. Hopefully, that diplomatic immunity is not revoked. That's it. It just ends. I mean, really, there is nothing at all. To this issue And again It's nice enough This in my mind You have about a quarter Of an issue If this would have been In a normal book A monthly book That comes out This would be Just the beginning Where Aquaman would show up These guys Hey We're just taking care Of these Russian guys Dumping waste Well I got a proposal for you And then we'd go off To the second and third act These are just one shots It's just there to Oh my the Sea Devils? Oh, goodness gracious. But yeah, nothing. I, I like the art a lot, though. Aaron Lepresti's art. And again, the whole art team. I think that with these books, they do a very good job of getting good artists going with this. So at least when you're going through, you're like, that looks pretty. That looks cool. That's some nice fish guts there. But overall, th- there's just nothing. Again, is anybody going to sit here next summer? Sitting there thinking not this summer Even this summer I mean July coming up are you going to sit there and say You know what I got to crack open that old Sea Devils Aquaman issue That was the best No it's just there You know it's it's just there So uh, I'm going to go again I, I, I actually I was going to say I'm going to go again with a 6 I think I'm going to go five five for this there's just no story at all nothing at all you don't even set up really the sea devils which is your main purpose for this issue you end up having the quote-unquote the bad russians they're they're doing their thing dumping toxic waste you don't even get the idea that they're going to clean up the stuff afterwards you just left again like that clay issue. you just left like what happened What just? it's these are like drive-by issues oh my you know, there's Ice Cube. He says today's a good day because ain't no drive-by issue in his life. He doesn't have to deal with this crap. But there you go. 99 cents, nice enough. But I'm going to move on. All right, in the last issue we're going to talk about is Superman Man of Tomorrow, number two. And this is called Against the Odds. This is an issue that is written by Robert Venditti, pencils by Paul Pelletier, inks by Drew Hennessy, colors by Adriana Lucas, and letters by Clayton And if any of these Digital first deals are getting the attention. It's this one. It is the whole idea of Robert Venditti writing a better Superman than Brian Michael Bendis. You are setting the bar way too low, people. You have to do a lot better than just write a better Superman than a guy who doesn't seem to even understand who the character is. And yes, this is, again, a nice issue. The the first issue was a nice enough issue. It's not great. And really, they don't try to convince yourself it is just because the normal monthly book is a garbage. And it is garbage. This is all wrong. It is all wrong. Though, maybe in the long run, you can get maybe a, a side book by Robert Venditti if people do want to go gaga about this. Again, though, you're going to get a couple you know, Superman moments here. But mainly, in my mind, you end up having a issue that ends in a very odd way and also Lois being an awful woman. But you end up with it starting. They're going to have casinos in Metropolis. Oh, no. You know what happens when, casinos bring the hookers and the mobs and the drugs. That's basically what they're doing. It's very surface level at the beginning where you do have a really kick-ass sign. Casino. Casino. <laughs> it's pretty good. I like that. But you end up having Lois, Clark, and Jimmy. They're covering this idea that this Councilman Davison is going to try to get these casinos into Metropolis. And Lois is known, uh, you know, people don't like to have that hard hitting Lois Lane asked questions. So she ends up getting Clark, who the meek Clark, who's just a, a hulk of a man, but he ends up being able to ask a question because they don't recognize him over here on Capitol, you know, city hall. And so he goes, Hey, uh, yes. uh, Councilman, what do you think about the people who are upset that the casino would bring in a lot of crime, particularly organized crime. And if this was a, a dance off, Clark's about to get served. If this was step it up, they're in big, big trouble because Councilman Davidson. He is now going to do his dance moves, probably do a head spin, and then end up with his hand like there, laying down on the floor. You've been served, Clark. Because what he says is, "Oh, a reporter. I see, Mr. Kemp was it?" Well, Mr. Kemp, my response is that they're incorrect. Those are incorrect assumptions, not facts. And casinos bring quality jobs and increased tax revenues. Metropolis will be the better for it. It's time the city of tomorrow stepped up. Out of the past you just stepped Up in his face and you've been served Clark Because that's a great answer and it's true The idea that Clark can just say Well they're afraid of the organized crime Well that's you're afraid of something That yeah whatever but this is What it will bring tax revenue Quality jobs Probably money towards schooling Things like that so It's not getting off to a good start For team Lois and Clark Here and then Jimmy on the side But That's not enough for Lois. Well, that's not a great quote here. I got to get Jimmy to go here and ask this question. You don't even get that because Clark has to go off because there is a robbery. Now, all in all, what goes down in this issue, yes, there is inappropriate funds being used. There are behind the scenes dilly-dallyings. There is a villain called, I'd like to say, gambler With his evil clutches that got Marge Simpson, but it's the gambler. Pretty much, you know, a shout out to my man, Kenny Rogers. And, And unfortunately for everyone here, he doesn't know when to fold them. But you end up Clark going off and stopping a robbery. These guys are robbing a jewelry store. Number one, they didn't meet before the robbery still committing a crime. They don't have their guns. One guy has a shotgun. It's not loaded, still a crime. And also they never did anything bad before. They're still committing a crime and they really don't seem like bad guys still committing a crime. These guys are criminals. These guys should be arrested and put in jail right now. It doesn't matter the circumstances that they end up being blackmailed to do this because of gambling debts. First off, let me tell you, don't get gambling debts. That will solve your problem right away. And throughout this whole issue, the good people of Metropolis that end up being saved and given back their money. And I'm not a handsome man. The, the Superman just allows these degenerate gamblers to just go on with no repercussions. It's nonsense. But they are robbing a jewelry store because they have been blackmailed by a villain called the Gambler. He knows when to hold them as well as fold them. What he's doing is having a bet on where Superman will be next. Where will Superman be next? Well, in the meantime, he's rigging the contest. He's making it so he can't lose by setting up these crimes for Superman to go to. This is not even that original a device here because we pretty much had this recently in in The Amazing Spider-Man over on the Marvel deal. So this is something within the past month or so. I've had to deal with over and done way better over in Spider-Man. This is nonsense. You're going to end up betting on something with a guy who's obviously just awful. And then you are ending up because you keep losing because house always wins then the vicious cycle of, okay, well, this person owes me $10,000 because they're a degenerate gambler who don't think anything of their own families and things, but I'll make them go commit a crime. Then they go to jail. And when is it going to be where, when they're on trial saying, well, this gambler guy did it, I'll tell you when it would be right away. You wouldn't even get, that's what you would say when you get arrested. And so these things are going on. Superman is going to take care of stuff while the gambler keeps winning, which makes more people in debt, which then allows him to rig the contest even more. But the thing is, too, there's no winner there. He keeps rigging it. So there's no winner but him. Eventually, people stop betting that way. You know, stop betting on something they'll never win. But. He's going with this, and Clark wants to follow the case. The next deal is you end up having a Luther Properties building that's run down, ends up being set on fire by a lady who the gambler ends up making do this because she has awful debt. The building is on fire. Somebody's in it. Somebody's like, help, help. You know, I'm on fire. Please. Superman shows up. There you go. The gambler wins again, but then Superman goes to ask this lady then, hey, because she's sitting there crying. I didn't know anybody was in there. Oh, my God. I shouldn't have set that fire. And Superman, he has super hearing. He goes over. Hey, what's going on? You know, is this something you know about? Did you? And I had to pay them back. They, they said no one was inside. They swore I had to pay them back. And so who swore? Pay who back? I can't tell you, Superman. You're friends with the police. I have kids at home it 's for them that I had to try something. No, it would have been for them that you didn't gamble in the first place. You awful, awful woman Th- that 's all she 's done she 's gotten in. I think that you lose track of the idea that these people have gambling debt that 's why they're doing this you 're an awful woman. Your kids should be taken away from you it's there. so she ends up saying, i can 't talk to you, Superman. You know the the best guy in the entire galaxy. The 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 guy who pretty much is the Boy Scout to everyone and everywhere. I can't talk to you, but Superman sets up a deal that she can talk to Clark Kent from the paper, a reporter. She's not going to tell Superman because that would end up putting her kids in danger. Instead, she's going to talk to a reporter from the newspaper in town. That makes no sense. That makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> who who ends up, I'm not talking to any I don't want my story out, so I'm just going to talk to the press. That's what I'll do. Yeah, that don't make no sense. It, it makes no sense. What you would do is tell Superman so that he goes off and stops all this nonsense. And then, in a, in a twist, ends up giving you back your money that, that you shouldn't have gambled. But so there, he finds out what this is all about, and he's gonna have to go off to stop all of it. He's gonna he ends up going off to stop the gambler who's at the old port with his money. Superman shows up and just starts wrecking house. He's mad. You end up having these, you know, goons, hired goons with the gambler. Earn your money, boys, go get them They're shooting them, That doesn't do anything. They end up going to fight him. He pretty much. Picks them off like, boing, like they're flies. And then pretty much ends up bringing in the gambler. He bl- brings them in and then says stuff like, looks like you didn't test the odds. up <laughs> like, oh, you beat the odds. Eh. Well, you find out that all this was set up by the councilman. It's all this thing to kind of get the money, get the deals, get the casino. It was going to keep going. It was going to be everybody was going to make money. The casino... It's not going to happen, I guess. And Councilman Davidson is now going to go to jail. Superman's going to return all the money to these degenerate gamblers. So probably they could go somewhere else. They could do, you know, out of state gambling. Maybe they're gambling online now. So they're still going to gamble out their money. And then Lois says to Jimmy, Hey, get a picture of that councilman crying. I want to see tears. I'm like, You're awful. You are awful. You're all bad here. All of you. And then they go to get a bite. Hey, out on the town. Let's go grab a bite there, Clark. All right, Lois. Uh, you know, case closed. Everybody who ended up gambling all that money away, they're getting... No, that's not how it works. But there you go. He's an enabler, that Superman, if he's anything. Uh, But yeah, it ends... The art's really good. Story's just... It's ridiculous. It's just a one-shot story. It just... There's nothing to it. But it's still the better of all of these. It really is. It's still better. I actually... Didn't like the Parasite story that much in issue one. I like that a lot better than this Gambler story. I'm not thinking that we're going to see the Gambler anytime soon, especially since Kenny Rogers is dead, RIP. Uh, but I will give this a 6.9, just going a little bit below what I gave the Parasite issue last week of a 7. But that's it. That's <laughs> I'm done with these things. The, these things are, again, they're nice enough to just sit there, get there for a dollar. You read it. You're kicking your feet there while you're laying on the floor. Right? Talking to your boyfriends and your girlfriends about school and stuff, but they're not things that are going to replace any book. Even the ones that I hate that come out normally, these are not big like that. They're just what they are. So if you're enjoying them, have at it, have fun. That's great. We're getting the new books coming up, and we can get back to what seems to really matter overall. And leave these behind is what I will be doing, because like I said, next week I'll be talking on the spotlight about the Green Lantern season two, number three, and also the Joker Harley criminal sanity, which I have been enjoying. Grant Morrison's Green Lantern on back and forth. It's a roller coaster ride of emotions with me there. I like the first issue of season two. I hated the second issue of season two. So we'll see if we can rebound back at least in my eyes. But thanks, everybody. We are found over at the Twitters at Weird Science DC. If you follow us, we'll follow you back. We have a website, Weird Science DC Comics, where we review the books and the books that I talked about we'll be reviewing this week as they drop and also we have a Patreon account patreoncom Science where we have a ton of shows ton of dc shows marvel shows other things i'm actually going off after this to read some manga for my manga monday show uh, and i'll be reading well i'm not i'm not really sure what i'll be reading that i'm going to go through a bunch of things to kind of check stuff out but uh, also while you listen to this if you're listening to this right away The episode 280 with me and Eric talking some classic episode or classic issues will be dropping as well. That always drops late Sunday night. And I will try to get this spotlight up a little earlier. I'm trying. I'm trying desperately. But give me give me a break. Give me a break, people, right? That's what I need. Don't rush me, big boy. That's what I say. Mamma mia, that's a spicy meatball. It is a spicy meatball. But thanks, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this little bit of a spotlight on these digital things. And I hope you come back next week to hear me talk about some new stuff. And see ya.